Welcome to the Betterism Podcast, a learning community seeking out life's unusual lessons from its unlikely places. I'm your host, Glenn Binger, author, teacher, and coach, and I'm here to help spark some collective growth. I hope you'll stick around and teach us a thing or two, but first, a few words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Life. Life is a health and wellness brand. Um, they feature all kinds of health and wellness products. They focus mostly on supplements. They have everything from vitamin E, vitamin C, NADs, vitamin K. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Shilajit tablets. I put some in my coffee every morning to help me think a little more clearly, process things smoothly, that sort of thing. Um, but again, they they kind of focus on all across all health and wellness products. Um, their goal is to be innovative and effective, trying to help people become less stressed, uh, more energized, and live happier lives. Um, I do also recommend checking out their podcast, Meadow Life Radio. The host and owner, Matt Blackburn, does a really great job in educating listeners and, and his audience about what supplements are right for them. Um, you can find them online at meadowlife.co. That's M-I-T-O-L-I-F e.co and if you use promo code betterism you can get 15% off all of their products and there's no restrictions there um, again that's meadowlife.co promo code betterism for 15% off please go check them out they do a really great job in educating and sharing the knowledge and i think that is a lost art this day and age meadowlife.co check them out All right. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Betterism Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. Today's guest, we got a friend of a friend, Michelle Antoine. She is a dancer, an author, and a mental health counselor. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. Uh, pleasure to have you on. Um, so I know you also know, and I figured we would start here just to kind of clarify. I know you also go by another name. <laughs> Shelly. Yes, I do. Yeah. That's so, on Instagram. so where's that come in? Um, yeah. So that's just been a nickname I've had probably since childhood. Um, so again, my first name is Michelle, but a lot of people, most of my family and then friends started calling me Shelly. So it's either or whatever people feel more comfortable with, whatever they like more, they can call me. The nicknames. I loved on your, um, your Instagram. That's how you and I linked up through Tony, um, which we'll, we can talk about in a minute, but, um, I love how your, your Instagram uses the emoji to kind of help the pronunciation. <laughs> That's yes, it is funny. And it was actually, um, Tony that sent me that emoji when he was just like saying hi, or he messaged me about something. And I was like, Ooh, I've never used that before. So that's why I put it in my, <laughs> my Instagram bio. It's very clever, <laughs> you know, cause a lot of, a lot of times when people see, the name spelled like that, they automatically say Michelle, yeah. right? I mean, I, I, maybe that's just an American thing, but like, you know, the pronunciation, I feel like to respect other people, you want to pronounce their names, right? You know? Yeah. So um, how did we, how did, how did you link up with Tony? I know, you know, Tony has been a previous guest on the podcast. Listeners check out his episode. He talks a lot about the back end behind his um, publishing company. Um, and I was just curious Michelle, how, how you and him kind of linked up? Yeah, so he's, you know, as we know, he's a poet. Um, he actually was running an open mic 
um, he was running open mic events in Harlem and me, myself being a poet as well, I used to attend those open mics. Um, to be honest, I don't remember if I met him there or if I met him at another open mic event, but um, the poetry community, like we all kind of know one another. So that's that's how we met through the, the poetry community. And then um, he also did he opened up and I, I think he said this in the podcast too like he opened up poetics university so i joined that um challenged myself to do like 30 poems in 30 days so he uh i think we Are you still... hello i hear you now there we go okay lost you for a minute so uh last thing i heard is you were performing at one of the things and you linked up through that and poetics university yeah yeah so we i was just saying that like within the poetry community that we all poets kind of know one another to a certain extent mm -hmm. not fully but yeah so we we met through the poetry community and me just going to his open mic events um did he rope you into <laughs> i say that it doesn't i don't mean for it to sound negative but did he get you to teach one of his classes um no he did ask me to but i wasn't available just because i had a busy schedule um yeah. so i just remained a student and I'm, I'm happy with that but i would have been perfectly fine with the teacher but that's you know obviously just more that i had to do and i didn't have that time in my schedule yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, COVID has affected all of us in different ways. Yeah. Um, things like I, I really miss being a poet as well and a, and a writer. I really, really miss those open mic and like uh, reading series events because that, those were great, great places to like link up and meet people yeah. who were into, you know, the same um, thought processes that go behind, you know, the writing process. Um, and then you meet great people like Tony, right? right? Like that's essentially how you guys linked up, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you have, and you know, I'm looking at my, my notepad, my homework here. Uh, you have a book coming out with his publishing company soon, correct? Yes, I do. Um, yeah. So just, this is actually going to be my second book. Um, I did oh, nice. publish, I self-published um, a collection of poems and journal entries in December of 2018. It's called Stop, Love, and Listen. Um, so that's my first collection. So this will actually be my second um, collection of poetry. And, um, you know, self-publishing is not easy of course but it's um but I wanted to you know try something different and Tony is extremely creative and just knowing him knowing um about his publishing company I figured I would take a chance and I'm really really excited because it will be releasing um hopefully the end of this month um I uh I, I publishing did I get that yeah correct? yeah to I publishing yeah. Uh, so for listeners, we're recording this uh, mid-April for yes. just for timeline reference. Yes. Um, so most likely by the time we hear this live, you the book should be available, if not yeah. coming soon. Okay. Yeah. That's good, though. It's something okay. to celebrate, especially your second collection. So um, let, I want to dig in a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, first of all, have you been participating in National Poetry Month? <laughs> 
I actually started, um, I was doing really well. What day are we on right now? I know, right? I I don't even know. (laughs) I did well for the first, I want to say, eight days. And then I kind of took a little break. So Tony is actually also, um, he's doing different prompts for National Poetry Month. Um, So I was following that. But then I took a little break from Instagram because I needed it and I didn't continue to write. So I'm hoping to get back into it. We're still in the middle of the month, so there's still time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's tough to keep up with things like that yeah. when you're also trying to finalize and prepare a manuscript to be published at the same time. Like, yeah, it's fun to do those things. But at the same time, it's like, all right, but this is the main project, right, you know? Right. So um, your two collections, did they stem out of like, poetry month or were they kind of just things that have been boiling up in you since you started writing um no they didn't um stem from poetry month so the first one stop love and listen um I wrote that because the year prior I was going through like a lot of transitions like relationship wise job wise so basically a lot of the poems were written um to just kind of reflect my own self-healing journey learning how to like as the title says, stop, love, and listen. So I talk about stopping and taking your time with things, loving yourself, and then listening to your intuition. So all of the poems and journal entries kind of reflect those themes, as well as um, just kind of lessons that I learned, you know, in that transitional period and not taking the time to like grieve things that I should have. Um, So it's kind of like a lot of reflection. And then the most recent one is also a self healing journey, but it focuses a little bit more on just like, um, some of my own insecurities, as well as like heartbreaks and relationships. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. I I always love uh, seeing authors and, and writers and poets, their the evolution of their work, like how I mean, two, three years, of difference like people I mean you know as well as I do like people evolve over that short period of time they change their uh, their behaviors their looks um, their styles yeah, of their art definitely. things like that H- have you noticed any kind of transition from like your first collection to your second collection like aside from the I guess the genre aspect of it but like the work itself have you noticed any kind of change yeah I definitely have I mean I feel like I mean, poetry is so unique because there's so many different styles. Um, I I do like I my first form of writing was journaling. And that's something I started at like, I think, seven or eight years old. So that was kind of my first um, way to express myself. And then poetry kind of came later on more like in preteen and teenage years. But um yeah I definitely notice differences just in terms of like the way that I express myself and just I don't know it feels like more poetic if that makes sense like there's I Mm -hmm. I just use like a lot more styles um like more description it's not like as straightforward can like play with words a lot more so I definitely notice just like my own growth and and expansion and just like the poetry world for for the second book compared to the first book Mm, I love that I mean that's ultimately the whole (laughs) concept of the podcast right is like learning to recognize or at least appreciate that growth yeah even sometimes it might be painful yeah um what about like your like the method that you use to write do you we can kind of jump around here a little bit but 
do you do like your work on your phone, in a notebook, um, on a laptop? Do you have like a system when you have an idea to write or do you just kind of like whatever's available? Um, it's really interesting and funny to me because it's not necessarily like a system, but sometimes I'll be in the mood for something specific, like, okay, I need to put this in my phone or I need to write this down or I need to put this on my laptop. Um, I know some people it's like whatever's closest to them. That's, mm-hmm. that's what they right. do. But, um, for me, for some reason, like, I, I guess it's just a sense of like, okay, I want to see this on my computer screen, or I want to see like what this looks like when I actually write. Um, and just a fun mm. fact, I actually, when I journal and when I write, I only write in cursive. I don't write in print. I've written in cursive since I've learned it. So I just like the way the, the words flow when I do that. Yeah. And that, you know, I find when I'm doing something by hand, it doesn't always work when I go to transfer it over to like, you know, a manuscript or, or the digital realm, because sometimes like the, the art of the handwriting itself plays a role in what it is you're writing about. Right. Right. Exactly. So as far as your manuscript goes, uh, either the, the new one or the old one, have, did you have to, did you have to like expand on that process at all? Like, or are there things that you had to cut out because they just weren't working because it was like, Oh, this worked as a journal entry, but it doesn't work in the manuscript. Um, yeah, I can speak more to this more, the more recent one, just because I'm getting help for that from, from Tony and the publishing company. But, um, yeah, there, there's some things where I've, I, I try to make it like, flow in a particular way um mm-hmm. and people will hopefully learn later and maybe they'll have it in their hands you know at some point but um I try to make everything flow so like the ends of poems like kind of connect with the beginning of the next poem um and when mm. I noticed that that wasn't happening or there was just a, it felt like random um or didn't flow as nicely then I would have to like take you know poem out um so I feel like this one too, it's not, this is a lot more just poetry versus the first one where I just put like journal entries and um, poetry. Gotcha. Yeah. Was that a, was that a stylistic choice on your part, on your part or on publishing's part? Um, no, that was actually on me. I just, yeah, I just felt like it flowed better. And like, I think it's, cool obviously to put in journal entries in a book because I did it and I read others but I just I yeah, feel right. like there's there's such an impact when it's like just a book of poetry and the fact that you can like actually tell a full story with just poems I feel like that's really powerful yeah for sure yeah. I know like with my own poetry I I try to kind of do something similar you know I play with the words a little bit uh, the form, the flow of uh, a line or the whole poem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you take something like a like a full collection of work, you know, you have like these individual little like stories of poems in each one. But then like when you have the whole collection, it tells like a greater yeah. story. Is that something you were trying to do? Or is that something that you kind of like, kind of stumbled upon halfway through and was like, oh, I'm going to roll this. <laughs> um. That's a really good question. Now, uh, I'm really reflecting on my process throughout this. Um, 
I, I think it's actually something I stumbled upon. Like I didn't have the intention necessarily. I just wanted to do a collection of um, poems, but then um, mm-hmm. I realized that there are certain poems that relate to certain themes. So I made sure that it was like in a, a flow in a certain way. And I actually, um, the I had intended to write something. I had an, another manuscript actually that I was thinking about. And this was, sometime last year, maybe in October or November. Um, and I proposed it to Tony, but then I kind of um, wanted to change just my idea. So I ended up not doing that entirely, but he gave me ideas of just like seeing how we can create more of a story in it rather than just. Yeah. That makes sense. There's, hmm, it, I mean, I, to me, it, it kind of feels like it comes back full circle to like the, like that telling the story through the greater, the greater work rather than just like the individual pieces right, within it, right. you know, not that there's good or bad either way. Just, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot harder to write a collection of things that are all related that flow, you know, have the ups and the downs versus just one right. poem. Right. right. Not not that that's easy, but at the same time, it's like you you have to kind of think big picture, which is yeah. tough to do when you're kind of putting together a collection. So um, you mentioned that you write other genres. You write like journal entries. Yeah. Do, do you write like fiction, nonfiction stuff as well? Um, no, I don't. But I when I was little, I used to write like really short stories. Um, they never got anywhere. Maybe in my future, I'll write like a children's book or something of that sort um I'm, I'm really yeah. impressed by authors that write um fiction books and novels just because it, it takes it seems like it takes a lot of time and a lot of commitment oh, yeah. um so I haven't gotten there yet but I do hope in the future that you know this is something this is my second collection but I hope that in the future I can definitely just continue to write and just expand like the the genres that I write also Mm-hmm. yeah and that's you know that's there's a learning yeah. process there because like writing writing a book of poems is a lot different yeah, than writing course. a novel just like you said and not that one is better right. or worse or one is more difficult or less difficult but it's just it's it's different yeah. right there's like different processes that go behind it I know like you know um when I'm I, first of all my the novel I've been working on for the past three years I'm trying to launch this oh, summer yay. and it's it's one of those things like, thank you. Thank you. It's one of those things though, where you like, I don't know, I've written books of poems and those have had their own challenges, but then right now my brain is just so, so entwined in this long form mm-hmm. fiction mindset where it's like, I find it hard to write in those other styles mm-hmm. right now. Like I find it hard to like stop what yeah. I'm doing and like write right. a blog post or like stop what I'm doing and right. write a poem for poetry right. month. You know, do you, do you experience those challenges either uh I guess do you experience those challenges along the way um whether or not you're intending to publish the piece like if it's a journal entry do you kind of like struggle writing a a journal entry because you're kind of in poetry mode um not really I feel like it I'm able to separate it in a sense um 
And actually, like, I, I, I can definitely relate to that, though, because I have been writing a lot more poetry. And then I'm just like, mm, I haven't written in my journal in a while. So <laughs> I actually mm. wrote this morning because I'm just like, I need some time to just express myself and not, you know, try to make it rhyme or try to make it, you know, into a poem of some kind. So yeah, um, I actually, the beginning of this year, I, I got... Um, my friend gifted me a journal. So instead of um, just having the journal where I've had journals in the past where I'll like write something and then say like, oh, this could turn into a poem or, you know, I ended up writing a poem and then like maybe I'll like publish it on, not publish it, but put it on um, Instagram. Um, I Mm -hmm. made sure to just dedicate that journal to myself, um, which is something I haven't done in a while. So that journal specifically is just for, for my eyes only. And then like everything else, like other journals that I have or my laptop, if I put it there, I'm able to say like, okay, this might be a poem or this is a journal entry, but I kind of like separate it. Yeah. I envy that, how you can turn that on and off. I, my brain does not work like that. It's like, oh, if I'm journaling, like that's where I'm, that's yeah. where my focus is, I'm journaling. Um, yeah. So I have two questions. Um, number one, how long have you been writing? And number two, um, when you are writing something that you know is not going to be published, how does that specifically, uh, I, I want to say make you feel, but that kind of, doesn't really ask the question when you're writing something that you know isn't going to be published how does it affect what's being yeah written? those are those are good questions um so writing I started around seven or eight I got um a Winnie the Pooh journal um <laughs> by my parents <laughs> and that was my first experience of writing um and journaling and I've been writing ever since um yeah and I come from a pretty like I guess high academic family so just school and writing in general has been writing and reading has been um I can say like really praised in my family um yeah and then for the second question um I actually don't know until I finish it and I look back and I say like you know, is this for me or is this, do, do I want to share this? So I, I typically don't know mm. unless, um, again, I'm like going back to that journal that I made just for myself where like maybe it's, I guess like it's more private or just feels more private or it's something like I'm not sure of how I feel about something yet. So I write to explore that and to understand it more. Um, so that's kind of the difference where if I'm really not sure of like what's to come from it, or I need to do it for myself, then that's something that stays with me. But if it's something where I'm like, you know, I feel like writing or it's something that, you know, I won't necessarily know what, what I'm going to write at the time, but maybe it's like a topic I feel just more comfortable with sharing, then I'll end up sharing it. Right. Well, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said there, you know, when you're, when you're writing something that is vulnerable, that can go two directions, right? Like you can, you can publish things like that and things that are vulnerable tend to be more well-received, but at the same time, 
you know, every artist has their own boundary, right? right? Like there's, there's like a line where it's like, I'll share everything up until this, (laughs) right? Um, And I'm not, you know, don't, I'm not going to like prompt you to like (laughs) share what your line is or anything and feel free to, if you want to, but um, do you have, like when you, when you are kind of sitting down to write, I know you kind of said like, you don't, unless you're in that journal, you don't really have an idea, but when you're sitting down to write and you do have an idea in mind of where you want to go, what do you do to create boundaries for yourself? Like, do you have, I know some people like write with a timer, like my writing professor, the sticks in my mind when I was in college, he used to write, he'd put on a load of laundry and he would write until the thing dings. Right. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, I know some people like write, well, everyone has their own thing. And I'm, I'm kind of asking what yours is. I, do you have like a, a thing that kind of helps you kind of create boundaries, whether or not it's physical like that? It could um, be abstract too. It's not, if I'm writing, I feel like I can't start, I can't start something I don't finish. So if I'm writing a poem, for example, at some point I'm looking at it and I'm just like, okay, I need to end this. I, it's, I can't tell you it's a certain time frame. I can't tell you like there is some external factor that I am um, paying attention to. It's, I think it's just like me writing and then I'm like, all right, this needs to end. So (laughs) it's just like an instinct that I have. And then I'm like, okay, how do I end this? Um, But then there's other ones actually. I mean, there are some where I've gotten back to it and those are actually they turn out really well sometimes when you like, you know, sleep on it or, you know, you go back to it at another time. Yeah. But a lot of times I do like to finish it if I started it. Mm. I'm like you too. I can't, <laughs> I know this is totally anti Hemingway, but like you, I can't walk yeah. away from it. It's like, I need it to be done. And that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to sit right, down and publish right. it right away. Like I, I always do, I cut, like you said, I let it simmer either overnight or for a couple hours and then I'll come back to it and decide whether or not right. it's ready to be published. Right. Um, how do you determine when something's ready? Um, I feel like before I used to like, you know, write a poem and then like just get really excited with Instagram and I'm like, Oh, I need to share this with everyone. So I post it and then, you know, you get <laughs> the hearts and you get the love and the comments and all that. So it, it made me feel good, but then I'm just like, wait, I need a second before I post it. Let me edit it. So I feel like I've, I've been a lot more slower in the process of just like, mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. Sorry about that. I we can I can I'll stitch those together. That's not a big okay. deal. Um so you were in the middle of explaining your the publishing process, like how you kind of went from the uh publishing to Instagram and like getting, you know, the the Instagram love and then kind of realizing work sometimes needs like extra work on it. Yeah. So yeah, I was just saying that. Like, I feel like I used to like rush and put things on Instagram, but now I feel like I take my time a lot more um, and just kind of, cause I write more than I post. Um, so I, I just take my time and make sure to edit, make sure that it looks the way I wanted to, that it sounds the way I wanted to. I always read my poems out loud as well, even though mm. some I feel like, you know, are meant to be heard some are meant to be read um but I read it out loud regardless just for myself 
Um, and then if it just, if it makes sense, if it flows in the way that I want it to, then that's, um, that's when I post. Yeah. I totally, I agree with you on that full front. Um, how do you determine, I mean, when you sit down to write something, do you, I know you kind of said this before, you don't really know until you're done, but, um, do you, how do you know if something is meant to be read versus something meant to be heard? Yeah, I think um, I think it's like in my process of like reading it out loud, if it sounds like, okay, this is something, um, I, I think it comes actually from like my passion in reading it. Um, mm. I think there's certain things I feel more passionate about. So my voice <laughs> naturally just gets like louder um, <laughs> and like... So I feel like in those, like it could turn into a spoken word piece, but, and then for others, um, you know, it's, it's not to say that they can't be read out loud, but like sometimes it it could be even like the style on the page. Like if certain words are placed in a certain um, way that it's going to be read in a particular way. So I think it's, I think of like someone that's reading it, that there's more, it might, it might feel like more art on the page, um, versus like more art in my voice or the way that I can like, um, express it through my voice. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. I know like, cause like there's formatting things you could do, right? Like you can right. make it bold, you can make it italics or all caps or underline or whatever, but that only goes so far. Right. Whereas when you're saying something out loud, like, you can you can say one word and say it a hundred different ways, right? right? Like, right. and when you, especially when you're doing like a performance, when you're doing some sort of like spoken word event, like you have to kind of you know you play it up a little bit, right? Right? Like there's there's definitely that element of like in the moment, in the zone, versus just like on the page, right? You know? Right. I love that. Um, do you have any like tips or tricks there? I mean, is that is that kind of like you just <laughs> it's your own process and you kind of just flow with it or did you kind of like learn that skill through practice like along the way you kind of like picked up ways to kind of pick those apart um I think it was just I guess practice um Hmm. yeah I mean I guess a tip I mean I don't know if it's like entirely related or answering this like specifically but um I have gotten a lot better with like memorizing and I feel like if you just like repeat it over repeat poems like over and over (laughs) that that's really helpful um so yeah I guess yeah tip of just like practicing over and over like anywhere you are I've I've practiced I practice like in my car I look like I'm crazy but I it looks like I'm talking (laughs) to myself but you know you just you keep practicing and then um yeah eventually you know you hit the stage and you do your thing (laughs) yeah right of course and there is I mean it's it's like music I mean you have to like remember a song if you're going to perform it live right right? like there's there's a big difference and I notice this in myself when I'm performing like I know like if I'm holding my book or a piece of paper or something in front of me, like my in, even though my intent is to share and read out loud for the audience, I'm still like staring at the book or the, 
piece of paper yeah, or whatever it is, right, my phone, right. whatever. And that, that kind of eliminates like what you were saying with that, that passion that comes out right. when you memorize. Right. I mean, I always think of like, you know, musicians when that you can tell, like when they're performing and if they love a song that they wrote, like you can tell, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> the same kind of thing. Um, and then for my own, just, you know, for my own little <laughs> giggles over here, but I know like when I'm checking my grammar, and with poetry, it's a little more laid back, of course, but with like fiction per se or, or nonfiction, if I have to check my grammar, I, I read the sentence out loud just to kind of see if it sounds right, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And like with poetry, you can kind of do the same thing. I mean, maybe not so much focused on the grammar, but more on like that tonal uh, inflection you're talking about, right? right? Like I want to emphasize this word right. <laughs> or like this phrase, I want to make it stand out. Um, do you practice in front of a mirror? Um, yeah, I I don't do it so much anymore because I've gotten comfortable to just do it at any point. But I, I used to practice in front of a mirror. But yeah, just to speak to the, the grammar point, I definitely do that too. Because um, like also just something little, like something like a comma where yeah. I'm thinking, okay, is there a pause there or is there not a pause there? You know, and just, you know, you play, you play it out. You, you continue to say it out loud until it, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's, that's very like, uh, I think it's, what was it? Picasso. It's the quote. It's like, you know, know the rules so you can break them like an artist, right? Like if you know Ooh. how grammar works, then you can kind <laughs> of like intentionally break rules to do certain things. Um, right. And I think that extends well beyond poetry and grammar, but I mean, you can kind of think about that in many different ways. Like, all right, well, like I know the comma should go here, but I'm going to leave it out because I want the sentence to be fast and flow. Right. You know? Right. So um, we could kind of shift gears here a little bit. Uh, you had mentioned posting things on posting work on Instagram or social media or whatever outlet. Um, and you had also mentioned, I think this might've been before we started recording, but you had mentioned how you were kind of taking a break from social media. Um, how are those two things related? And, or does that kind of stem out of your work with uh, mental health? Um, so I'm taking, I'm taking a break. When I say a break, I usually mean like maybe two days. Um, I have taken longer breaks, but sure. um so kind of asking like a break from social media and how it like relates to mental health. Yeah. Like, does that, I mean, is that something that maybe is subconscious or is that something intentionally you're doing or you just kind of, sometimes you feel like I need a break. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's, if I'm like fully aware of it at the time, but you know, at some point it just feels like it takes over <laughs> where I'm just like on it most of the day um just like whenever I have free time so I think um yeah it connects in a lot of ways because I do I need to like refresh my mind just like engage with things around me rather than just constantly be on my phone um yeah I do recommend it as well to my clients I'm outside of being um, a writer I'm a licensed mental health counselor and I work a full-time job as well as I have my own practice that I do um, part-time um, but that's something that I, I recommend to them and I've done like woman empowerment workshops as well and um, 
just based on a lot of things, especially now with the pandemic and just like the, the climate of this country, like there, there's so many things going on. So I, I tell them as well to like take breaks and tend to yourself. So there's definitely a lot of connection. It helps me to just like feel better when I do take a break. Yeah. And it's, you know, I've, I'm not by no means am I an expert. You definitely have more qualification there, but you know, I, I do recognize um, how much it affects me on a personal level. Like yeah. I, I know like if I'm on too much in a given day or a given week, I, I kind of step back and I'm like, Whoa, I feel, I feel awful. Mm. And <laughs> this is 100% why. Um, right. Right. You, you, social media has, I mean, you've seen the social dilemma on Netflix? Yes, I have. So I, I imagine you can speak up to that if you would like to. But I, when I saw that, that was very eye-opening for me. You know, I, I had known a little bit of um, psychology and mental health prior to that with my work in, in teaching. But okay. when I saw that documentary, it was really eye-opening for me as far as how much effort those companies do to keep you right. hooked. Right. Right. And is there are there things about like specific things about social media that you find to be more triggering than other things um well let me just speak to the social dilemma because that was mind-blowing for me um and like certain things I also knew as well but it just it made me a lot more conscious as to like what's actually happening just including like the advertisements and stuff and that it's yeah. all like programs. So um, I had set um, limits on my phone, but I often ignore them. But at that point I didn't have limits. <laughs> so I put it back, but um, right. so I feel like if I do limits then it's kind of just like, okay, I need to just not go on for an entire day or a couple days. Um, I've had like a couple months breaks sometimes, but um I'm sorry. I got, I got lost in the social dilemma. So I forgot your question. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I was just asking if you, as a professional who like knows way more than I do, like, are there, um, are there certain triggers that are absolutely oh, like right, giant right, red flags? Right. Um, I think it's when it's, when I'm noticing that I'm like, doing it every second when I'm going on every second. Um, so I think it's like the frequency and mm. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting because there's some things where like, I've seen like, you know, follow more positive pages, you know, and follow influencers and stuff and, and just kind of more positive things in general. Um, right. So I was doing that, but at the same time, you know, I'm reading countless stories about just like positivity and boosting yourself up. And I'm just wondering, like, I'm reading all of these things, but I'm not actually applying it because I'm not doing these things. So I'm just constantly reading <laughs> like, you know, ways to improve yourself, but then I'm not actually doing it. So I think it's just like the time consumption and um, just being able to give yourself a break from it and actually you know if you're reading something allow it to digest don't you know don't mm. just continue like and instagram is you know as it says like instant right instantaneous so you're, you're getting all these things so quickly the you you sign off and then you log back in and you have something completely different on the top of your timeline or you have like different people's mm -hmm. stories so 
it's all you know i know it's all a, a program and there's like an algorithm and stuff but um i think just um setting a time limit for myself has been helpful that's good yeah. I, I know for me like when i <laughs> my big red flag is like when i close out the app and then i immediately go and open yeah, it again I've and i'm like that. all right i, <laughs> I gotta put the phone down i do that all the time <laughs> i actually delete it i literally delete it and then go back to the app store and I get it again, so I feel like that's problematic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. And you know, I've you and I are somewhat educated. At least I am somewhat educated on the matter. You're definitely more so. But there are definitely people out there that have like no, they have no idea that that they're being manipulated in right, that sense, right. Right? right? So let's just hypothetically, if you had a client come to you who's like totally unaware of how much that's affecting them, whether or not they follow, you know, positive or, or negative accounts, because life is balanced and we need to kind of embrace both sides. What would you say to somebody who's like just a total noob, like has no idea what they're doing and it's like, I'm depressed. I'm on social media all the time. I don't know why I'm depressed. What would you tell that person? Um, I mean, I, I would tell them to see if we can set limits um, or just kind of like inquire about like what they're watching, um, just like how they're feeling or just seeing, you know, what are other ways that you take care of yourself? What are ways that you um, spend time outside of that? And if they don't have that, then we would just like have a conversation about like, are there things that you've ever wanted to try? Are there other things that have made you feel um, really happy in the past that you've, you know, stopped doing, like, how do we incorporate that into your schedule? So it doesn't necessarily, like, if they're completely against, um, like, setting limits, then it could just be, okay, let's incorporate other things as well. And then naturally, the hope would be that it wouldn't be, like, as um, persistent in terms of, like, the, the time consumption for the social media. Interesting. Yeah. I like how you applied the the real life aspect yeah. to kind of counterbalance the digital life yeah. aspect. I feel like that's something I'm noticing with, um, you know, I, I teach middle school. Oh, so, nice. uh, you know, I kids who are age 12 to 14 and f it's a little alarming how, how little they know about that piece mm. of it, of like the balance between the digital right. and the real. Whereas I feel like people, who are a little bit older and kind of witness the right. growth and evolution of social right. media have a little bit better of a grasp right. on that. Right. So do you have, um, I guess either with your, uh, and do, you know, obviously don't share information <laughs> you don't want to share, but with your, um, with your job and your, your side hustle with your private mm -hmm. practice, do you have like specific ages you work with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I currently work um, with, families um so i work with children honestly as young as like two um and even baby. oh wow so i'm not working with them directly mostly it's kind of just like sure. parent yeah. work but um yeah it's kind of the, the whole scope of the family um and sometimes it's like um it's a grandmother who's um caregiving for their grandchild so i'll work with um, that population as well. And then more so in my private practice, um, it's pretty much adults. So it's, I mean, it's a nice range, I would say, like it's anywhere from like 18 to um, 
to 60s so pretty much like most of the the adult range but I again I, I work more so in my full-time position um, with families so that like has children and adolescents but then in my private practice it's mainly um, adults that that reach out um, to start therapy mm-hmm. so it's interesting that's a wide range of experience yeah. <laughs> that you're you're counseling and dealing with um, do, have you noticed any any trends I mean this past year alone has been so <laughs> wild but have you noticed like trends I guess according to either age or demographic in that regard um yeah I mean it's been really challenging to be honest because it's like a lot of people you know as we know are either working from home a lot of many people have lost their jobs um kids are, you know, going to school from home. So there's so many changes. And I feel like that these particular dynamics cause like so much stress on families. Um, So I'll say that, you know, my, I won't say my phone's like been fully blowing up, but it's, you know, I've been busy. Um, (laughs) Last year was pretty busy. And even, you know, I'm still busy now. But um, I've had to, you know, set boundaries and when I cannot take on more, I've had to just like refer them out or just give them resources to find, you know, another therapist. Um, but yeah, I would say that there's definitely a lot of stress, um, a lot of like just relationship dynamics that have changed where people like have been able to get away. So whether they you know, couples have like gone to work or just had time apart. Now they're constantly together. So there's kind of more, you know, bickering, more fighting, more arguing. So because of that, it's, it's hard because there's a lot of emotions, I think, in response to the pandemic, how little, how little and how much we have control over. I try to like distinguish that in a lot of my sessions. Um, but it's just, it's a hard dynamic overall. And it definitely comes out in the people that are closest to us. So um, those trends are definitely um, prominent, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, has, so first of all, kudos. <laughs> I don't know how you do you. all of this <laughs> and then also write and publish books, but I mean, what's the biggest challenge for you as far as balancing that? I mean, does the, does your own mental health kind of play a role in deciding like, all right, like, even though my phone's blowing up, like I need to sit down and write a poem or, or journal because I I just need a break. How, how often do you find yourself like in that scenario where you kind of have to take a step back to kind of do something for you so you can be the best version of you? Yeah. I mean, I try my best to practice self-care. So, um, Outside of writing, I, I also dance. I've been dancing since I was um, a child. So I do, I try to do dance classes pretty consistently. It's obviously different now. I mean, they're doing it in person, but I try to do like virtual classes. I'm also a Zumba instructor. And last year I was teaching them. <laughs> well, last year I was teaching them virtually um, and I had a consistent schedule, but then um, my sister had her son so I started I was helping out a lot with my nephew and now I just do like private classes so if someone is interested in a Zuma class they just reach out to me and then um, I provide a class I'll do it spontaneously every now and then 
Um, so just, I guess, trying to figure out my schedule. I write everything down. I have a planner. Um, I actually have three different calendars. So I use my planner as well as my phone, as well as a wall calendar I have in my room. So I write um, almost everything down. Um, things that I, you know, need to see mostly for work, I'll write in my planner. But then like, whether it's appointments or just other things or other events I want to do, I'll put it on my wall calendar just so I keep that in mind. Um, so I think it's just like writing everything down and if I'm noticing that, I guess I'm like thinking about it or stressing about something for work, then I notice it when I like think about it often. So then I'm like, all right, I need to take a break. Um, I don't know how often that happens, but I, I'm just mindful to it. And then I, I kind of create some space from it. Mm. Did you, have you always been like that? Or did you have to like learn these little tips and tricks and systems along the um, way? I don't think I've always been like this. Yeah, I think I've had to learn that along the way. Um, actually, last year with the pandemic, before the pandemic, actually, I started this like 30 day yoga challenge. And I noticed that like when the pandemic started, I kept doing it. But I mean, I felt I don't know if you've ever tried yoga, but I felt like amazing. Yeah. Um, every time that I finish yoga, like it just helped me to connect like minds and body. And it was, I don't know, it was just really powerful for me. So I Right. Yeah, the, um, the, the mind body connection piece, I think, that's something a lot of people are missing yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I'm not a professional, but like I can, I know like for me, I, I need, in order for me to do my best work, whether that's teaching, writing, um, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, housework, whatever it is, I need to, I need to have those two things uh, as closely connected right, as they possibly right. can be. Um, and I, I can rec and this is taking me years to recognize this, but I can recognize when like something's out of sync, like, if my mind's not right or, or like I, I haven't worked out in a couple of days, I, I can feel like the, the connection piece of my body kind of like red flagging my mind. And it's like, I keep getting stuck and I can't pronounce this word that I've spelled correctly and pronounced correctly <laughs> since I was 10, you know, right. it's like little things like that. You start to kind of pick right. up along the way. Um, do you have any connections there or like red flags that you notice? Yeah, in yourself? I do. Um, yeah that what you just shared made me think of like my own experience just like with working out because I actually do try to be pretty consistent but also with like um eating healthy um and, Diet, and when yeah. I mm -hmm. don't I feel like in some ways it could easily turn into like this downward spiral of like all right it's one day of eating bad and then it's another day and then it's another day so when I start noticing that <laughs> yep. um I notice that my energy changes like it's kind of um, it's just a lower energy. It's kind of like a lull. Like it's not, I'm not like as like positive or as enthusiastic or as happy as I typically am. So I think it's just like being aware of my energy. And then um, I always um, tell myself this quote too, like it's never too late to make a change just because 
Like, I feel like sometimes when we're, you know, going downward somewhere or feeling that way that we feel like, okay, we can't get out of this. But, you know, the truth is like, if you don't eat good Sunday and Monday, there's still Tuesday or even like in Monday, there's breakfast, lunch, but you could eat something better for dinner. You know what I mean? So like, there's always a way you could pull Mm -hmm. yourself out, even if it's, you know, it's just kind of taking one step and not necessarily saying like, all right, you know, I, I mess everything up, but more so like you could still take one step and then slowly get there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think the common misconception is that it's a, it's right. like a light switch is right. either on or off. And it's like, eh, not really. <laughs> yeah. Like you can, like, of course there is an on, you're totally on or you're totally off, right. but there's a lot of gray right. area in between that. Right. Like you can, and it's, it's tough to teach something like this because you can't, everyone has a different right. flag, right? Like everyone has a different right. thing f- about them. Like I know with me, like I get, mm. I get dizzy if I don't eat, <laughs> like yeah. I, I need to eat something. Right. But I think that the thing that listeners or, or people really need to take away is the, that self-awareness piece, the mindfulness of like being aware of yourself right. in any given right. moment. Um, Cause then you can start right. to recognize those things and you can recognize like, all right, I feel really good. And like, you know, I can, I'm super flexible. My, my muscles are really, really stretchy right now. Or, you know, vice versa, like I'm, I'm not in this yoga pose. I can't even do like the basic downward right. dog or anything. Right. Like there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of tick marks or a lot of like, uh, you know, like, like dots right. along that spectrum, but people need to kind of be first self-aware to even recognize right. that there is right. a spectrum. Definitely. That's really important. <laughs> And I agree. I think a lot of people forget that or don't know that. So that's important to remember. Yeah. And it takes practice. It's not something you're going to be good at overnight, but it's important to at least try. Like you said, those baby steps, those little things like, oh, right. I, you know, I had a cheat day and I ate pizza on Saturday, but like tomorrow I'm going to make a salad, (laughs) you know, little things like that. It's not meant to be like a fix all, but I think, keeping yourself in a healthy mind state right. is important. Like it's, it's okay if you messed up or it's right. okay to have a cheat day, but also know that like, right. that's not the end of the road, right. <laughs> the road's exactly. still going, you know, do you find those things to come across in your art at all? Those kinds of thoughts or transgressions or practices. I mean, journaling to me is very closely linked to mm-hmm. mental health, at least in my mind. Do you find that stuff coming out in your um, art too? Yeah, I do. So just like, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of an example, but yeah, sometimes it, it's a process because it is like, sometimes I'll want it to come out a certain way, or even just for example, with the book that I am working on, um, I sent <laughs> Tony the, the manuscript and like we were, we're, we're kind of at the final stages and then reading, um, you know, some poems. I'm just like, what was I thinking? Like, this doesn't go. So <laughs> now I'm going back and like, I've had to, you know, edit some things and then, you know, resend it. But um, yeah, so I think it's, it's hard because sometimes like you want it to obviously look and feel and sound a certain way. Um, but you like read it over at a different time and like you can have a completely different understanding of it or, or not want the, you know, the poem at all in it. Yeah. Right. 
do you experience um imposter syndrome um, at all yeah probably like every day but <laughs> you know I, I try to get through <laughs> it and yeah it's really interesting because I do so much people are like you're you know mental health professional you're an author you're a dancer and people tell me like I'm talented all the time and I'm just like eh, no you know so yeah I definitely yeah. I, I do very often but I I try to break through it you know, and just like remind myself of the things that I can do and the things that I've done and how I've gotten here. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's important. And that was going to be my follow-up question is like, how, how do you get through it? But I think it's important to kind of recognize that yeah. everyone experiences yeah. that at some point in their life. And it's not to say that like right, you're perfect, right. right? Like you also don't say like, right, oh yeah, right. like I'm great. I'm My ego's <laughs> giant, right? But at the same time, like you have to, you got to like trust yourself and allow yourself to experience the, the abundance and, and the gratitude that comes with recognizing like, right, yes, I've right. accomplished all of these things right. and that's empowering. That's, that's going right, to set me up right. for the next thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking back to like, I was invited to this um, panel before and they were speaking about just, um, I think they were focusing on like the pandemic and mental health and um, there was another professional there. I don't remember what she specialized in, but um, my anxiety was like crazy at that time. And I really just had to get through it and just, um, you know, kind of best prepare myself as best as possible. And I think it's just like planning ahead. I, I had to literally just do a, a mind switch, though, of just like, okay, she asked me to do this for a reason because I am capable of doing this, right? Otherwise, she would have either asked someone else or she, you know, wouldn't yeah. have asked me. So I needed to kind of change that mindset versus like, you know, I can't do this or like, why did she choose me? Um, so I think it's definitely like, you know, it's really important to be mindful of, of the way that we talk to ourselves, because the moment I had that mind switch, I was able to, yes. to focus and, and it went amazingly, um, as most things, not all, of course, but like, most things do, but we always like make this mess in our minds. And then it's always, you know, typically, it's like a lot better in actuality. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, your mind automatically jumps right. to like the worst case scenario. It's like, eh, what right, are the chances right. of that actually happening? Right. So let me ask you, and I would, I don't know how you would do this with all the other things you do, but do you have like a formal meditation um, practice? N- not entirely. Like I do meditations with my clients. Um, and I know like facilitating and actually practicing, you know, can be different, but I do practice it as I facilitate it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was doing it pretty more consistently, maybe like three times a week, um, maybe last year. It, it's not, you know, as consistent as I would want it to be. But um, yeah, I'm going to I'm trying to get back into it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I only ask because I know, you know, the word meditation uh, it means many different things to many different people, especially yeah. our westernized version of it. But um, I think it's also, that's kind of right. where that self-talk piece comes in, right? Like that, that formal meditation practice, like that's what you're, as you sit down right. cross-legged or however you do it, like your mind is automatically going to start, right. you know, criticizing you. That's right. just kind of how our brains are wired. But with that practice, you right. get better at like calming that 
that side of your brain. You get better at, you know, talking right. yourself out right. of the imposter syndrome or or the right. or the overinflated ego. Right. And sometimes exactly. it goes in the other direction. But I find for myself, and just so listeners kind of get a little idea of how this varies, I myself, when I don't have time, I try my best to like mm. use journaling or something like that to right. kind of fill the gaps. And then when I do have the time, like I actually do sit down and have like a, you know, I sit cross-legged, kind of close my eyes, try to focus on the, the, the thoughts that right. are coming and going in your brain and things like that. Um, I will be honest too. It's been, this, this year in teaching has just been a nightmare. So it's been a saving grace for me yeah, to keep I my sanity. My, my sister's a, a teacher also. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> But um, it's tough because something like meditation, again, it, it means so many things to different people. And it's, I don't know, there's kind of a, it's getting better, but there is still a stigma around it of like, a, almost like a snobbery kind yeah, of thing. Like, oh, you meditate, you know? <laughs> but then at the same time, those same people will also be like, <laughs> oh, yoga, let's go do yoga. Like, don't you right, see how closely right. related those yeah. things are, you know? And actually, but. Right. Finding a practice. I think that's important. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. What were you going to say? I didn't no, mean to No, I was just going to say, like, um, you know, as you're speaking of that, like, actually, I do um, some kind of, like, stretch almost every day. So that, I guess, for me, would be, like, the most closely related to meditation. Yeah. Mm. Do you do it in the morning, at night? Um, or just whenever I try to do it in the morning um that doesn't always work but <laughs> um so yeah. yeah it's not like entirely consistent but it's um yeah I try to do it in the morning if I don't get to it then I'll try to do it in the evening um yeah <laughs> it's important I think stretching in itself is yeah really yeah. underrated for how for your mind and body right. and how the two are connected um, once you factor in that breath work like then you're also tying in the right. whole spiritual side of yourself too and you're kind of getting that trifecta of like even if it's just five minutes in the morning or before you go to bed just to kind of right. like center yourself you know align right, your chakras right. or however you want to express that like i think it's important because that again it all ties back to that uh, that self-awareness and the mindfulness right. around one's mental health kind of right. back from that, right. you know? So. Anywho, um, Shelly, I think this would be a good time to kind of transition over okay. to the rapid fire questions. Sure. Hop over to those. Um, so I call them, I call them rapid fire, but your answers <laughs> in no way have to be okay. rapid fire. <laughs> Most of the time they end up being conversations, but um, okay, so the first question, what are you currently reading and would you recommend it to listeners? Reading can be taken lightly too. Like it doesn't have to be a book. It could be a documentary, a podcast, whatever. Basically, yeah, what are you consuming um, right now? So I'm reading a book called A Lesson Before Dying by Ernest Gaines. I only laughed because I was reading that in the, sal the hair salon recently um, and they were like, wow, that's a powerful book just with the name. <laughs> um, so Title, the book yeah. it is, um, it takes place during like um, segregation times. And basically um, a, a black man is found guilty and 
um, they call him a hog during the like during the court case. Um, they he's sentenced to death penalty, Jeez. and basically, um, a family friend is supposed to make sure that he walks like a man towards when he's um, sentenced to death. So it's it's kind of that journey of just um, like their interactions, but it's it's really good. Um, would I recommend it? I would definitely recommend it. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. great so far. I haven't finished. I've been reading. Um, I took a break probably for like a month, but for the past couple of days, I've been reading like a chapter every night. So it's it's really good. Mm. Um, by any chance, do you know when the book oh. was published? Was it around that time or was it is it like modern set like historical fiction um, where it's kind of set backwards i feel like it's it, maybe within the past 20 years or so so yeah it's like okay. based on on history it wasn't um written at that time yeah right right i was just curious because i know sometimes that that shifts mm. the attitude of the book um yeah or or movie or whatever the thing is but yeah yeah it is pretty heavy. Very heavy if you like heavy <laughs> books i recommend it if you don't then you know you could keep to light books <laughs> i guess <laughs> <laughs> well that's up my alley so i will add it cool. to my list for sure all right uh so second question um what is your favorite meal to prepare and cook to enjoy uh it could be for friends and family could be for yourself it doesn't have to be fancy i know people get sometimes people get pressured with this one but like i've had people on the show who were like fancy chefs and they were talking about like souffles and then i've also had people on the show who are just like i don't know man i like i grill a good <laughs> <Yeah>. burger <laughs> you know so it's um, in whatever yeah, is you. definitely not fancy <laughs> um i'm actually a vegetarian <laughs> so i make a lot of salads and i don't really venture out that much so um the meal that i prepare <laughs> most is a cucumber salad that has cucumbers um chickpeas or black beans um i'll put like red onions um croutons sometimes cheese and that's pretty much it and and it's great for me and it works <laughs> yeah that really sounds good yeah you got all the right. the essential vitamins in there. That sounds actually really good. I'm not a vegetarian. I do enjoy mm -hmm. vegetarian food, but that sounds fantastic. Yeah, the yeah. chickpeas sold me. Gotta have that. <laughs> I have a weak spot for those. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. And uh, so third final question. Don't feel like you have to go profound with this. You're welcome to if you want to. Um, what is one life lesson you want to pass on to the listeners today? It could be from the conversation or it could be something else that you've been thinking about or you use on your daily life. But one thing yeah. you really want um, them to take away today. It, I will relate it to the conversation. Um, so I would say listening to yourself. Um, Cause I know we were speaking about that and um, just being in tune with yourself so in being in tune with your mind, being in tune with your body, um, your spirituality, if you follow, if you have a spiritual affiliation, um, even a religious affiliation, but just being in tune with who you are, being in tune with your 
um, intuition, um, trusting your gut. It's there for a reason. Our intuitions are there for a reason. Um, so if you feel like something is off, it's probably because it is. Um, so, I mean, I share that with like, based on lessons that I've learned and, you know, poems and stuff I have in my first book, but it's something that, you know, I feel like I've been working on just throughout, you know, my life of just listening to myself and, um, just trying to understand myself more. So I guess my advice is to just continue working on you, um, getting to know yourself more, um, being okay with exploring different things but again just really trusting your intuition so something feels wrong trust it and either walk away or just think about you know what you can do in response or think about your resources that you have um, but don't ignore it <laughs> i love that for sure i think the skill of learning how to look inward and, and uh, like an honest, authentic look inward at yourself is right. pretty yeah, incredibly exactly. important. Um, and, you know, just to kind of couple that too, your, your self-talk has a right. lot of, a lot to play with that. Um, you know, if you, I, there, I forget who said this. Uh, uh, I want to say it's a former president, but uh, you are what you think, right? Like there's there, the things that you tell yourself, the things right. that you think, those right. are the things that you become. And the more attuned you are to like your gut instincts and the self-awareness that comes from those kinds of things, right? it, it can empower you, right? Like learning how to embrace your discomforts and not avoid them is empowering. And that doesn't mean like, you know, always walk into the fire. Like sometimes like, yeah, you got to walk away. But I think the ability to kind of recognize those moments is important because you, it opens a whole new world right. of opportunities and for the you. The final thing I'll say too is to be kind to yourself because we, we tend to beat ourselves up for a yes. lot of things or um, like get on ourselves for not knowing something when we didn't know it, right? Like we only learn things when we learn them. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, just be, be kind to yourself, be gentle, be compassionate with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I could not have said um, that better. Thank you for having me. I, this All right. Was great. Um, it felt very natural. Yeah. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad. That's a, that's exactly what I'm yeah. trying to go for is the, the laid back learning, so to speak. Um, Shelly, where can listeners find you online? Where can they interact yeah, with you? Sure. Check out your work, buy your book. <laughs> Um, I highly recommend yeah, that. So I'm going to share three things. So I have two Instagrams. Um, the first is kind of more personal where I have like dancing videos and my poetry. Um, and that's Shelly Jelly 89. C-H-E-L-I-J-E-L-L-Y 89. Um, I have a professional page that focuses more on mental health. That's Michelle Therapy. M-I-C-H-E-L Therapy. And then I have my website, MichelleTherapy.com. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> All right, Shelly. I am incredibly grateful yes, for your time. Will. Thank uh, you. So we'll talk much. again soon. You too. Bye. Absolutely. Have a great night. Bye bye.
Well, that's it, friends. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to swing through again. If you'd like to reach out, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at medium.com slash betterism. Be better at whatever it is you're building. And remember, friends, stay learning.